0: Welcome to the Modern Hippie Podcast, where we'll be exploring all of my favorite boundary-pushing people and topics surrounding consciousness, psychedelics, mental performance, functional medicine, living in alignment, and so much more. I'm your host, Barrett Perlman, a former pro-wakeboarder turned bodyworker, energy healer, and well, a modern hippie, and I'm so glad you're here. Welcome back to the Modern Hippie Podcast. I am joined today by Tom Clark, who has over a decade of experience guiding coaches, mentors, facilitators, and more to create their soul's offerings and become flooded with dream clients. Thank you so much for joining me today, Tom.
1: Yeah, it's awesome to be here. Thanks for having me on. I think we um, have just discussed then. This is going to be groovy. This is going to be fun. (laughs) (laughs) I'm really keen for this, yeah.
0: It is, and I love – I want to share with – Everyone, how we met, you and I met on, um, dear Alex Ruiz's, um, live stream. So Mm. Alex is a a visual alchemist and, um, well-known spiritual artist. And he does these great live streams where he'll be drawing and talking Mm. about all these wonderful spiritual concepts. Um, and so you and I kind of got to riffing in there and, and have now ended up here. Mm. So Mm. yeah. yeah. How did you discover Alex?
1: Um, so I'm not sure if you know Jesse Elder. Have you, mm, know have you heard name. of Jesse Elder? Yeah, mm. I feel like you'd really like his stuff. So he's um, he's very much in the same sort of community that Alex is in, I, I believe, and um, has also like been in contact with the fit for service guys and things like that and Aubrey. And he's mm. a he's he's challenging to describe because his depth <laughs> of his depth of coaching is is so vast, but he's. He, I hired him as a business coach um, mm. and Jesse and I worked together last year pretty pretty deeply and that was a profound experience like Jesse was able to help me really ground myself in so many ways and and get back to work like get back to
2: because mm. i I'd, I'd
1: come out of so much um so much inner healing and so much expansion that I was just floating around. <laughs> like Lovely. I was just sort of like, ah, oh, what, how do I, what do I, and he was like, yo. And I was like, okay, got it. <laughs> so it helped me really, um, really sort of like ground back and get back into working and and doing my, my soul's work again and everything. And then I had seen him, um, like I just seen, kyle kingsbury's artwork for his um for his podcast and i'd seen aubrey's Mm. and i was and i'd seen jesse's as well and i was like who is producing these like yeah these amazing amazing art pieces which some people could mistake at the moment for ai which is the biggest tragedy um but those who know no, and those who know mm-hmm. know that that's not done by a machine. That's done by an absolute wizard. um So yeah, <laughs> I, I, I basically said to yeah, uh, and I'd messaged Alex a few times, and he was in a lot of demand. And I was like to Jesse, I was like Jesse, what do I have to do to get this guy's attention to get me to do an art piece? Because I'll pay him whatever I need to pay him. I need one of these pieces. And Jesse's like, I'll send him a message. <laughs> and uh, then Alex was like, Yeah, Alex was like, Yo, yep, I'll get this done for you. And then. Yeah, paid him to do the commission piece. And then we've just had a really cool connection ever since. Um, and, and even through him doing the art piece, um, yeah, he, he really wanted to know me more and really wanted mm. to sort of drop into yeah. who I was to be able to produce it. Um, mm-hmm. So that process was really cool too. And, yeah, that's basically oh how God, I got I to know him. And then he's, he's just such a cool dude. So, Yeah. <laughs>
0: A pretty fucking cool dude, if I do say so myself. Yeah. And I am so fucking jealous of your portrait and he has promised <laughs> to do one. <laughs> I've been promised yeah. one now. Um, so I'm just like, hey, yeah, clock's ticking. so like,
1: busy I- with it. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. No, it's great. It's really, really cool. Yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah so and tell so,
0: me, Alex. Cool. Well, and how did you get into coaching? Like what drew you into that space?
2: Mm, mm.
1: So – um, it rewinds like the full story rewinds back to if I started the later years of school, I was not a good student (laughs) at all. Mm. Like I was, I, and I look back on myself and I, I realized I was never a bad kid. Like I was never doing bad things, but it was, it was, I've always had this sense of unless you can add context to what you're teaching me, I'm not fucking learning it. Like, why am I mm. learning advanced algebra as a 15-year-old kid? Like, I what the hell, <laughs> right? And it was just <laughs> sort of, to me, it was it was just like, what? And so if, if I didn't want to do something, I just wouldn't do it. I wasn't the kid um, making life hard for other students and things like that, at least I hope not. Um, but it was just like, no, I'm not doing it if I don't see context to it. And then
2: mm.
1: I went through... I think at about like 15 or so my parents' marriage was getting really rocky and things like that. And I was going through a really tough time. And then I was just so angry. Like I was just consistently so angry. I was even in like a death metal band. I had long black dreadlocks in a death (laughs) metal band. (laughs) There's a visual for you. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, And that was sort of like my outlet, just going nuts on stage in a, in a death metal band. And then um, one day like one of my close mates was like come to the gym and I was like come to the gym like what <laughs> so I came to the gym with him and um, and then I started really for the first time feeling like oh okay when I like I can really work on my health and this can feel really good and mm. hmm i don't feel nearly as angry anymore wow i'm feeling so much more grounded and then that was like mm. tom's journey of like welcome to physical health and it, it was like <laughs> wow this is this is amazing and then that helped psychologically and emotionally so much being in the gym and i was like wow everyone needs to know about this and i just became <laughs> obsessed with yeah, training in the gym and everything at, at like 15 or 16. And then I remember the day I turned 16 because it was the day like you had to be 16. The day I turned 16, I did my cert three and four in fitness, which in Australia is basically like qualifies you as a personal trainer. Cool. And I remember I would be in maths class or whatever it is and we would have laptops at school. And I would just be 110% doing my fitness study in maths (laughs) class. And like all through school, through every class I could, I'd be just studying my fitness work. And it got to the point where like teachers would be calling my parents like, "Oi, like he's not doing any work. Like he's doing his fitness thing. And my mom was always great about it because she's like, well, I really suggest that we actually let him do his fitness thing because he's not going to do your math thing anyway. And like, (laughs) if he's got his head down, like if he's, if he's got, and and that was the thing was mum was like, okay, well he's in a death metal band. He's got ridiculous amounts of anger. He won't do anything anyone tells him. And he wants to actually like have a career in this, like who are we to sort of stop him? So that was really great. Mm -hmm. Anyway, long story short, I ended up having my qualifications and I'd work from five in the morning until eight forty-five. run to school and then do school and then run back to the gym. And then I'd be fully booked out again from about four o'clock through until nine o'clock that night. Now I'd go home wow. and then I'd repeat that. And I was doing that through school and in our family, it was always like, nah, everyone has to, everyone has to complete school. Um, up until you're 18, everyone has to complete that. And then I sort of looked at mum one night and I was like, do you see this chunk in the middle? <laughs> like that's interfering with my career. And she's like, yeah. And in the small country town that we grew up in, everyone was beginning to know me as like the guy to go to as the PT. And she was like, mm. okay, cool. You can you can quit school. So I quit school at I think I was seven, 16 or 17 um, and then built a really successful fitness business. And then I was like, okay, I've sort of outgrown this this small town at the moment for what I for what I want to learn at least. And then we moved to the city closer to Melbourne. And then I built another business there and another six-figure business there. And then it really the transition and the business coaching came really organically because people in the gym were just like how are you generate like, how are you charging twice the price of us? And we're still getting money objections. And how are you bringing in all of these clients where we're struggling to make ends meet? And I was like, mm. Oh, let's grab coffee and I'll show you. And then I remember the first person I chatted to, um, he was making like $500 a week, like just scraping by and yeah, I just grabbed a coffee with him. And I was like, Oh, just do this, 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 and this. And then he came back to me next week. He's like, I just made two grand this week. Like what, what the hell? After like nothing. And I was like, oh, okay. And then I ended up hiring my first coach to tell me really like all that, all quote unquote all, all that coach really told me was like what I already needed to know, which was like, Mm. hey, why don't you charge for that? (laughs) Like that's (laughs) clearly where your journey is going. Because it got to the point for me where, I realized that coaching people in fitness it the fact that it was fitness really didn't matter to me at all like it what I was really enjoying was like I am helping people thrive and I am helping people reach their potential and and really become unstuck so mm-hmm. after a while I sort of lost the enthusiasm for like teaching people how to deadlift or teaching people how to squat, like it started to feel really mundane. And I realized that it was the business side of things that i would really started to love. And when I say the business side of things, it's for me, the most transformative part about coaching is getting people out of their way, out of their fear, out of their barriers and getting them out of the way and getting them to take the leap to, yes, I'm going to change my life. I'm not sure if you experience the same thing. It's like the moment someone commits to the journey in and of itself, that's 80% on the journey, right? Like, yeah. because they've said yes. They've like, yeah. they've said yes to the calling. And that's what I actually see my job as, as a business coach is it's like, how do I grab all these incredible coaches, mentors, facilitators, whatever it might be, and how do I show them how to best get more people to say yes to the journey? like that's really what it actually is. more aligned mm. clients, more deeply aligned dream clients how do we how do we bring them into our space and get them to say yes to the journey because if we do enough of that, I believe we change the dynamic of the entire
0: world. Man. oh fuck yeah. <laughs> mm. Fuck yeah! Oh, there's so yeah. many things I need to say about what you just yeah, said. Yeah,
2: sure, feel um, free. Yeah,
0: like man, I really deeply honor your mom for mm. watching what you were going through and and oh, yeah. acknowledging and seeing that she yeah. had this like angry child who felt mm. broken, ungrounded, mm. di- in disarray, and that mm. like there was something healthy that came into the picture that you mm. latched onto, and mm. I would hope mm. that that would be every mother's dream to like see Mm. a child in distress and to see Mm. something healthy come into their life and to go you know what if the traditional in the box stuff Mm. isn't working for them then like let's get rid of it and let's focus Mm. him Mm. on um this journey that that is going to lead to to healthier happier child Mm. so like yeah thanks for
1: for reflecting that because like it's hit me emotionally even like uh, it's hit me emotionally massively now because it's like damn, there's not a single moment that I become, there's no single moment where I become more wise and then don't have even more respect for the way my mom brought us Mm. up. Like, fuck, it it was world-class, hey? Like, world-class. And it, it just, like, baffles me. I'm like, because it's so she's so funny because she's like she's got no idea about the personal development space or anything like that Mm. but I'm like okay how can you have no idea about this whole conditioning thing this whole like childhood can like how do you have no idea about any of this but you nailed it (laughs) like it's so funny (laughs) like I look I'm like boom 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 like you nailed all these things like how did you do that and I think she's She's just in tune to like a deep intuitive wisdom. I think it is like, I think Mm. it's, she's just in, in tune to that. And it's been even like, I've been in tears many times now, because the only thing that I perceived was that she was incredible. The only thing that lacked was, I guess, the like loving nurture. Right. Like the, mm. this, the, she wasn't very cuddly. She wasn't like, there wasn't like t- soft tenderness. But then I like had my heart blown to smithereens when I first saw um, my sister's just had, she's just had her first child. And that's the first, oh,
2: cool.
1: that's the first like actual granddaughter, like grandchild for my, for my mum. And then I saw like, I was over and I just saw my mom like scoop up this baby. And how's this? She just goes straight away. She just puts her thumb like right on the third eye and just starts mass. And I'm like, <laughs> what? And I'm like, huh? And she starts humming. And I just watched that and I was just like, whoa. And I was like, I can't wait to have kids because of this. Like, I was like, wow. <laughs> And then I saw that and then a week later I was on a flight out to Adelaide and um, I dropped into a meditation and it was just like, I was like, oh, I just had this feeling of like, no, this is going to be a meditation. And I was like, okay. And then it was like, just watch us. And then my mum came up and I'm like, why is my mum coming up? Like, I feel good with my mum, And it's like, watch. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. So I just like watched <laughs> this visualization unfold and, um, it showed Percy, which is my nephew, my sister's um, son, and um, it showed him like being touched on that third eye and being hummed to and everything like that. And I was like, mm. "Cool, where's this going?" And then all of a sudden, it was like, "Boom!" And I woke up as a as a baby when I was a baby, and it was this it was this like undeniable um, reminder. She did all of that to you as well. Like, <sighs> uh, and then I started like experiencing it and like, no they're like, the spirits were like, no, 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 we're not showing you an example. These are memories. Like, and I could crystal clear see exactly where I was as like an absolute baby and she was being so tense. They're like, yeah, yeah, she just stopped doing it at like eight. But like, you got all mm. of that. You just don't remember. And I was like, wow. So yeah, I have endless respect for her. Hey, like just- incredible as yeah. Incredible as a mother. Yeah.
0: I, I do mm. now too. Like shit, everybody take your babies to see Tom's mom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. And the funniest thing about it is that it just, she's just oblivious of it as well. Like she just, she doesn't know. She's like, yeah, I just did what I thought I should do. I'm like.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <That's> super <laughs> yeah. tapped in mom. Yeah. So I actually say of-
1: that like, if I was, cause we didn't come from money. We were never given money. Um, and I like, I I really love the fact that in that sense, I was so self-made, like I never mm. had any backups or anything like that. I really jumped out and did it myself. But I, I sort of do say that like, if there was any form of a silver spoon that I was given, it was like just solid parenting. Like mm. that was my, that was my leg up. Yeah.
0: Nice. I think it's interesting to identify, like, as we come into these, these bodies for our soul's journey that we've kind mm. of pre-picked a set of circumstances and, and, mm. you know, you've given yourself that leg up where it may be so that you can also have like hardships and trials and tribulations in other areas. Um, last agree year, with that.
2: Yep.
0: last year I did a deep dive into my relationship with my dad and, um, it was one of those things where, like, a lot of psychiatrists had kind of gotten into my head about, like, oh, well, your father lacked like this this deep intimacy for you. Like, he just threw money at you to go do all the mm. things, but he didn't have all that quality time and stuff. And and I had kind of latched onto that narrative, and you know, for, for a while, was only speaking to my dad every few months. And um, but last year, I I took a psilocybin dose and um was like you know everything's really good right now why don't i dig into something and Mm. i was like let's (laughs) dig into my dad (laughs) Mm. Mm. and uh immediately like the floodgates opened and i was just sobbing and i was like but what am i sobbing about and my body was like Mm. i don't know like no specific memory and i'm like that's so interesting there's usually a specific Mm. memory
2: Mm. Mm. and
0: it took me days to to like repack back in the tears and to become a functioning human being again, who could go mm. to work because I was just sobbing for days. I was like, "What have I done?" <laughs> put it back mm. together. Mm. And um, mm. three months later, I went and saw my dad at one of my stepbrothers' weddings, and I just had this like grandiose epiphany in seeing my dad with his wife and with my stepbrothers. That like my dad is one of the greatest humans ever put on this. Birth. and mm. that if I didn't feel a close connection with my father growing up, it's because I didn't allow for that.
2: Mm. It's, mm. it has
0: n- had nothing to do with my dad who, who showed the fuck up in ways that I wish mm. everyone got to experience with their, their parents. Um, even mm. though mine were divorced and I had this, this beautiful re-understanding that started with that plant medicine and that took four months to finally get the answer that what I was letting out was um, just pent up, pent up energy around it. And so I Mm. got those tears out and I got to re-see my dad in this new, improved, Mm. beautiful light where even one of my stepbrothers was like, Barrett, when it comes to dating, like you're fucked because look at your dad. Like he's such a gem (laughs) of a human being. (laughs) He's like, you're fucked.
1: (laughs) Uh, That's funny.
0: Yeah, yeah, so I I love too that you know as you get older you're able to reflect on your childhood and growing up and mm. and even reframe and re-see the things that maybe when you were eighteen or nineteen years old like you thought about your childhood mm. and now you know I'm thirty six years old so the way that I see my childhood is different than I did a decade ago and mm. two decades ago mm. and um yeah it's, it really brings about those important lessons and and reframes
2: mm.
1: Mm. yeah for sure that's awesome.
0: Yeah, so something else I love about the, the initial story that you were telling mm. is that um, mm. you got into this health and wellness space, right? And mm. so you're helping people improve their bodies, but then through doing that, we're able to help people improve their minds and mm. improve their situations and um, diving into to that work. At what point did you launch, like, were you already into self-development stuff at that point?
2: mm mm, mm.
1: Yeah, so not really. Like when when I'd so when I'd first gotten into the gym, um the only form of self development that I was even aware of was like if you work hard, you'll get good. Like it was just the bro, the bro development of gyms, you know, like it was like the, it was like the one more rep, like you've got one more rep in you. Like that was the level of depth I understood about personal development at that point in time. Um, but then when I moved to this, like when I moved closer to the city, uh, which was probably about a year or two into the journey, um, and then I started building a business there. Building that business was tough. like building it there was was a lot harder and I really got my first few doses of you might not be able to make this work like and I, I so I really as a I think I was 18 or 19. And it was like, oh, okay, like failure is a thing and that can happen. <laughs> and finances are like really tight. So I went through all the the general journeys of, yeah, financial stress and um, having your first clients not work out or whatever it might mm. be. Like I, I just learned so many, you could say, quote unquote, adult lessons there. Like I was becoming, trying to become an adult. And it's like, oh, I've got rent to pay and like, all of that sort of stuff. Mm. So in that period, I then I then sort of started to learn the – part of me doesn't want to say um, – oh, wow, actually, I need to rewind drastically. Okay. I, I drastically <laughs> need to rewind. So I need to actually go back to just as I started getting into the gym, I met – someone who would become like such a brother slash father figure who Mm. taught me boxing and he taught me lessons today that are just so fundamental. It is insane. Like he, he taught me like Mm. how to work hard, which in today's like, I know hustle culture has become a problem today, but Being able to call on that when needed, I just find is so incredible. So I learned so much through boxing with him. And I learned the idea of like, if you're going to, if you're going to fight, fight. If you're going to move, move. If you're going to pivot, Mm. pivot. And they are just so well imprinted in my brain. And I remember also I got, when I started building the business closer to the city, I called him one day and I was like, dude, I've bitten off more than I could chew. And he's he's almost like a little like oh he reminds me of David Goggins, to give you an understanding.
2: Like full
1: brutal (laughs) military, like no like maybe no idea about the emotional plane, but just nailed this physical plane, right? So he's on the phone and he's like, Tommy, (laughs) if you've bitten off more than you can fucking chew, there's one fucking answer. And I'm like What's that? And he's like chew like fuck and swallow. And I was like <laughs> <laughs> Okay, got it. <laughs> and so so like that side of personal development which I still believe to this day. It is an angle, you know? Like Yeah, for it, sure. It is an angle of it. personal development. So it's like sick. So I started learning like the whole like um real raw bare bones level of like Do the work, yo. Like the real David Goggins techniques. And it was so funny because when David Goggins started becoming a thing, I was like, oh, really? Like you guys didn't, (laughs) I was like, oh, this is just Jake. Like the guy's name is Jake. I'm like, oh, this is just Jake. Like I've had my taste of that stuff. Um, So yeah, but only, so long story short, like when I was building the PT businesses, I only knew personal development To get a goal. Like I only Mm. knew it to help me actually achieve a goal. There was no question around like, oh, why are you chasing this goal in the first place? Is it because you're trying to actually prove that you're a worthwhile human because you don't feel worthy? Like we didn't discover any of that at that point in time, which is what it was. Mm. Um, Are you aware that you're actually doing everything that you are doing with like a deep rooted lack of worthiness and trying to prove this to your other siblings. Like I didn't know any of that at the time that would, that would all unveil itself later. Um, Then I started coaching businesses. So the PT thing that was gone and I was still only really understood development from a, a a sort of real mindset game. Um, hired Hired a coach and then came across my first, like NLP mentor, right? So like this mentor that was like NLP and I was like, what's that shiny object? Like, geez, (laughs) I want some of that. Like, what is this? And she was talking about like trauma and talking about like emotional clearing and talking about this sort of stuff. And I was like, what? Okay, for me at the time, that was just so foreign. And I was like, okay, this is the depth I'm looking for because I'd started to see, the really big problems with this sort of hustle mindset that I had. My now wife had left me because I was working. Like there were times I, that's why I'm not like at all really intrigued by this Goggins thing because I've done it because there were times, there were months where I would get up every morning at two thirty in the morning that would be my wake up time, 2.30 in the morning. And I would get home at about 9.30 that night. And I would literally be at the gym before anyone else was there at three in the morning, working on my business coaching business until my first client that was at five, my first personal training client that was at five. And then I'd just work. I'd just work from three in the morning until 9 p.m. that night. And then I was like, what do you mean you want to leave me? What do you mean I'm nothing other than work? Like, <laughs> right. And my right. partner's like, yeah, like I'm out of here. This is ridiculous. And so she should have. So that mm-hmm. sort of was like, oh, maybe this hustle thing's not as, <laughs> not as sustainable as I thought it was. Maybe it's not going right. to give me what I thought it would. And then, yeah, I sort of found the NLP thing and just went un like unreal devoted to that. I reckon I did like, I ended up doing like four seven-day retreats with this coach in the space of like months, maybe four months. I was probably doing like one a month. Like I just was like, I just grabbed it and I saw it and I was like, down the rabbit hole I go, like, I want to go, I want to jump right down the rabbit hole. And she was really great in terms of being an NLP mentor because I don't know about yourself, but that NLP industry's got a lot of crap in it. And she was really able, like it was so heady and so, yeah. But she was, I I sort of get hesitant to say that she was an NLP coach because she was an incredible coach that utilised NLP.
2: Mm. So,
1: But she was actually an incredible coach. Um, And she was, yeah, she uncovered like, hey, what's going on in your childhood and stuff? And for me, that was the entry into it that I was like, wow. And then I just started really exploring emotion and everything like that. And it got to about, yeah, I did all of those summits and I realized that while I'd explored all of this stuff, it hadn't really like somatically shifted. Like it hadn't really shifted in my body. I'd had the experiences, and I'd had the awareness, and I'd learnt a lot of strategies that today still are really great fundamentals for me. Um, but it hadn't. There was there was definitely like a an energy piece that was just off. And through all of this experience as well, I I'd, I'd been meditating consistently, and I'd been connecting to spirit and and i had been doing that i definitely had been connecting to spirit and i was convinced that there was something outside of this physical realm and i was convinced that this reality was a three-dimensional projection of what's actually going on internally and like so i was aware of all of that sort of stuff but i was there was this missing piece that was like i guess this missing piece of Not just intellectually knowing, but like in my bones and in my being, knowing that there is another realm to this, that there is a spiritual Mm. side to this. So I took mushrooms and found out. Yeah, basically. Ah. (laughs) Yeah. So then
0: now you're talking my language.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I had, um, yeah, I'd started probably for like, um, probably for a, a decent, it ended up being like a decent four months. I just researched the living hell out of psychedelics and watched every video that I could. And it was like, yep, set and setting. Yep. Awesome. Cool. Like intention. Great. Excellent. Trip sitter. Excellent. And I didn't mean to like stall on it for four months, but it actually just <laughs> where we were at the time, I couldn't get a hold of them. Like I was like, where the fuck mm. do I get these? And then I eventually got the, hookup for it. And I was like, okay, great. And at this point in time, my now wife had really uh, caught up on the, on the personal development journey. When I first started doing NLP, she's like, you're in a cult. What the fuck? You're not even speaking English. <laughs> like, and I get that now. Hey, like, it's like when you, yeah, when you don't understand it, it's like, what the fuck's wrong with this person? She thought I was yeah. going insane. And especially that spiritual,
0: like self-development I, community. Yeah. I'm so also willing to identify that once we get in the lingo and we understand what it means oh, yeah. and we drop so deeply into yeah, <laughs> oh. to anyone who who doesn't understand, like, and it's like, mm. but you could, oh my gosh, we could just identify this, this, and this about your week and you can drop in in a different way. Yeah. And now there's love instead of discomfort and
2: or discomfort. Yeah. Someone beautiful. that doesn't know that
1: it's like, what the fuck is wrong with this person? Um yeah. So since then though, like um Dim, my wife, she'd um she'd since gone, oh okay, you know what actually I'm kind of done with this anxiety that I'm experiencing. Maybe I'm gonna jump down into this. Maybe I'm gonna drink the Kool-Aid. Yeah. So she's like, okay, cool. She started working with the coach and everything. And then it was like just this marriage of like, ah, we can see each other again. We understand. Mm. So that was really good. And then she was like. She was, she was sort of like watching me with the psychedelic things. And I think she was a little bit like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to let you explore that. And if you survive it and you're all right, maybe then I... <laughs> like she was, she was keen, but I think she was just like, you go first. Um, and then I was like, yeah, fuck it. I'll send it. I'll go first. Um, yep. And then I, yeah, so I, I got, um, two and a half grams of, Suborigenosa. I'm not sure if you're familiar with the mm. different species and that, but um, that's the not main that sort of. Yeah, I think it's pretty much just in Victoria, in this state, in mm. Australia. I don't think it's. I think it sort of goes into other states lightly, but I'm pretty sure it's just Australian. Like, cool. I'm almost certain it is. Um, and it's like up there. It is. Um, mm. it's. Do you know the strongest one? It's like as.
0: Penis envy.
1: Er, Okay, uh... it's not that. Um, (laughs) Stamets Stamets talks about it a lot, um, and he's taken it uh... a lot.
0: It's like the there's like a Yoda mindfuck or something. There's a someone mm. just put a mindfuck something on my. I've just yeah. recently gotten okay. into the different strains yeah. in the last six okay. months and okay, cool, um, yeah, trying to deeper understand them and have been yeah. sort of suffering through this chapter of penis envy. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. but yeah. now I've discovered that at four grams, it's a lot like ayahuasca, and it just right. unlocks the ayahuasca in my body, and we have a great nice. times. So. Yeah.
1: Well, whatever this was, it was like, um, it was, I mean, the suboriginals, I, th- I think, and I could definitely be corrected on this. I think it's about like 75% of the the top one. So it's up there. Mm. Like it's very, cool. it was fairly strong. So I took two and a half grams. Yeah. It was two and a half grams of that. Um, with all the, all the boxes ticked right in the sense that set setting, it felt great. Um, I'd, I'd said to Dim, like, hey, are you happy to sort of chill and, and sort of keep an eye on me and and just sort of be there? And she was like, yep, for sure. Um, I took it uh, in tea and I mm. took it fasted at about 11 a.m. Um, mm-hmm. And I had that fasted. And, yeah, I just – I remember as it was coming on, I was I felt like I'd had an edible, like I'd had a marijuana edible. And I was like, oh, this is funny. And then I remember, like, walking over to the fridge and then I remember just, like, looking at my wife and I was like, oh, I can't walk. And, like, I just sort of, like, I was like, oh, I feel like a puddle of water. And I just sort of, like, didn't collapse to the ground but let myself, like, collapse to the ground. I'm like, oh, I'm a slug. And then, like, I did this, like, caterpillar shrug all the way back to the couch and I'm just like, okay, I'm out of this. I'm getting on the couch. And so I just, like... (laughs) crawled like a worm to the couch got onto the couch and um I remember looking into the clouds and there was this like gorilla god that formed in the clouds Mm. and there was nothing being said auditorily but there was a lot being said and it was like Mm -hmm. we are the gods and we're inviting you to come with us and I was like, come with you. What does that even mean? And I remember being like wait, wait. to my wife, I was like, Dim, they want me to go. Can I go? And she's like, yeah, you can go. And I was like,
0: fuck are you sure do you think it's okay (laughs) for me to go like Like you're taking this advice from someone who doesn't do psychedelics she's like yeah Yeah. you're like should i trust
1: you yeah and i was yeah because i was like what does this mean like and i'm sure i'm sure you get this it's like that feeling of like i'm taking you elsewhere and for the first time it's like it it feels like they're taking your life it's like Mm. come but like you're going out of the physical world. And the first time going out of the physical world feels like, Oh, is this what death feels like? Like
2: mm. I just
1: had this knowing that they were asking me to, in a sense, die in the same way that we will actually die. But it was like, it was almost like, yeah, you should go back to your body. Like I was like, yeah, no, I don't think this will be, it was, it was like, <laughs> no, this shouldn't be death. I was like, fuck. And that's why I sort of had to ask permission. I'm like, do you think I can go? And she's like, Yeah, yeah, go. And I was like, Okay, cool. And then I just had, I didn't really go any like. I wouldn't say I was like catapulted to another realm, but um, I was just sort of my reality just sort of like faded a little, and then I was just flooded with love, like just mm. absolutely. Yeah, flooded with more love than I'd ever experienced. And I remember being like, oh my god. And this was really strange that this was the thing. I was like, oh my God. And I was sobbing. I was like, I am seeing sound. So like that mm. that sensory distortion or whatever it's called. Um and it was like, I'm seeing sound. How and it was it was what I would imagine someone who's been blind from birth actually seeing for the, like, it's like you've been injected with a new sense that you don't, you didn't have. And I was like, I'm seeing sound. I remember just thinking this is the most beautiful thing I've ever experienced. The idea of seeing what sound is and Mm. no. Yeah. 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 That's what it was. Yeah. And then I started hearing the sound of color. And I was uh. like, no way, like no way. And it's something I can't explain. It'd be like trying to explain to someone that's blind what vision is like, you can't mm-hmm. explain it. And yeah, long story short, I just had this beautiful experience. And then I, at the end of it, towards the end of it, I don't, I don't know whether this is characteristic of of psilocybin or whether it's just characteristic of Tom Clark, but this happens all the time is as it's coming out, I then start just getting wisdom downloads at a speed I can't keep up with. And I had Mm. to, I had to, I was just saying to Dim, like it was like, I just had to tell her how the entire universe works and everything that's happening and everything that's happening for me and who I'm meant to be and how I'm meant to live. Mm. And it was like this, tap had been turned on and it was like oh yeah this is unlimited and it was the first time I'd ever had this unlimited so I was like blah and just talked out for like just absolutely let it unleash for like two hours and then I was like I'm exhausted and I'm like oh no it's still there and there was almost like this scarcity feeling as if I'd never be able to get it again so I was just like oh and I called another friend Fiona and I was like Fiona and she's like what and i'm like i'm coming out of mushroom shark no way and i was like yeah and she's like how is it and i'm like yeah amazing and she's just like well what are you experiencing and i was just like well blah, <laughs> and spurted out all this wisdom for her and then told her a lot of stuff that which in hindsight was probably a bit projection based but told her all this stuff around what i what i saw for her and like she was that was really helpful for her and then Mm-hmm. And then it sort of like slowly tapered off. And then I was like, wow, I'm exhausted. And exhausted, but like the best experience of my life. Um, and that was the first undeniable knowing from then on that it was like, oh, I have more certainty that like God slash a spirit is real than the fact that this is real. Like, right. I'm more sure of spirit and and a higher being in a different dimension. I'm more sure of that than I'm sure of this. And it had never been that level of solidification before. Um, Not even close to that level. And I didn't have any challenges at all. I didn't have any challenges integrating. It just all made sense. And it's like, yes, this is a veil, um, but that's cool. Like (laughs) this physical reality is sort of a, and I was like, yeah, I was cool with it. Um, and that was, that was the first experience, just nothing but perfection.
2: Yeah.
0: Oh, fuck. Yeah. I mean, what a beautiful mystical experience to have and mm. then to just get that download of all that wisdom. Um, it's something mm. that, that happens to me as well. I don't know to the same, like in the same large capacity that it happens in yours. Um, mm. like for instance, the other night I did a, a cannabis and ketamine journey, and um, I go deep into the K-hole, which is sort of like when you take a lot and then you're kind of you know, walking is un- inadvisable and you just kind of lay there and wait and you dive deep into consciousness. And what happens when you pair ketamine with a, a plant medicine, it becomes a really intelligent tool. So now mm. you're separated from your body, floating around as pure consciousness and getting the lessons, intelligent lessons of a plant medicine. Mm -hmm. And what happens for me then when I come out of the deep depths is I start to have more coherent thoughts and I start to get these powerful downloads. So like as a body worker, it start usually when I pair um, cannabis with it, I get these incredible downloads on the way out of like acupuncture points on the body. And I don't, do acupuncture and this last time it literally put like a 3d model of a human in front of me and laid all the acupuncture points on it for all the different systems and was i was like i'm never gonna fucking remember this but it was like just Mm. understand the overall lesson and the Mm. overall lesson was like how the different systems flowed through the body why the points were spaced out the way they were what sort of gridding they felt fell in on the body and Mm. i was like fuck okay this is fucking sweet okay Mm. i should know this Mm. stuff i guess yeah and so i think Mm. a lot of people kind of get those those brilliant downloads um depending on the medicine and uh just what Mm. a great share about your first experience have you Mm. kept up Mm. with um mushrooms
1: uh yeah so i then had i think i've had i've probably had maybe eight experiences as a whole um Funny enough, I'm really curious to hear your thoughts on this, but um, mm. so I, yeah, I had that one experience and then maybe like a month or so later, I did like a small, oh, so I, I figured out um, hmm, Australia, so I've got to be careful what I say. Um, okay. Anyway, I wanted to test a batch right so i was like oh okay cool so i tested a batch and um and i was like i'm just going to take enough to to just test to just see how this is and um so i did that and i ended up having like i don't i don't even think i had a gram like i think i had like 0.8 of a gram and i took that and had the weirdest experience like I call that entire session stretch, right? Because <laughs> I took it and then I laid down and I was like, I'm not taking much. So I'm going to need to really like intentionally drop into this. So I really like, I went to bed, lights off everything and just like meditated in. And I got mm. like absolutely shot in a, a different place. And, um, I got into this place where I couldn't stop stretching my body, mm. but then I would, I'd stretch like this and I would, the the entire experience, like I was convinced that as I'd go like this, I'd stretch out like 300 meters. Like my body would just like expand. And I was in this realm of like, just being able to stretch and like bend myself in half. And yeah. I couldn't stop. Like, I would have sounded so psychotic, but I couldn't stop talking either. And I would have like all these different voices take over my speech and everything. And I'd be like, oh, it feels so good to
2: stretch.
1: And then I'd just (laughs) stretch my body out massively. And then I was like, what is going on here? And then it ended up being just this really cool experience of like interconnectedness. And it ended up being an experience where I was like, the, not just the knowing, but the experience of we are all connected. And I also saw like an image of myself being formed out of like a cloth. And then I was like, as this cloth being like formed out of like this web almost, I then saw my wife and I was like, Hmm. And it was like, you guys are connected. And I'm like, of course, duh. And it's like, sweet. And then it's like, it showed everybody else connected as well, but then it showed like a bird's eye view and it was like this this sheet of like interconnectedness and everyone is the sheet. Like everyone mm. is just ex- an experience of the exact same like web of consciousness. Yeah. But it was a really insane experience for me because it was like, there was corners. It was like a square shaped sheet of like every human on the planet was on it. But I was at one corner and my wife was at the direct opposite end. And it was Mm. just this incredible experience of like, you guys are the, like, because we've been together since I was 15. Like we've never really even been with anyone else. Like it was just, we've just had this insane connection and somehow grew through all of it together. And it was just this like, yeah, undeniable, connection that we are each other's opposites or whatever and that was mm. that was really really cool as well um so I did that and then I took I had my second like official proper sit down let's go and I took a, like 2.75 grams or something like that I was like I'll go touch more but that felt right and that was like hell so that was like yeah was the worst experience of my entire life by far like that was just Mm. an absolute hell of a journey and insanely beneficial like in hindsight insanely beneficial but it really scared me to be honest like i i was very hesitant to go anywhere near that again um Mm -hmm. and the reason like i'm happy to sort of elaborate on bits if you want but um Yeah, please tell me more.
0: Tell me more about the challenging parts. Okay, okay, cool, cool, cool. So, most the most challenging journeys are often mm, the ones that we learn the most from. Definitely, you know, your first one was so impactful, but
2: Mm, there were, mm, I'm
0: sure, profound depths to what you integrated afterwards from the challenges.
1: Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, So basically, yeah, and I guess this it forms a lot of my overarching philosophy, even still today. But, um. I, feel, I remember going into it and <laughs> I laugh at this now because like that was not a good idea going into this but <laughs> about a week a week or two before it um since I had like done psychedelics and I was really exploring like the idea of what is life and everything and um a couple of weeks before it I was out for dinner with a mate and I remember being like hey like if nothing has meaning other than the meaning that we give it then nothing has meaning, and he's like, "Yeah," and I'm like, "But that's not cool because, like, what?" So, and uh, this is just an example, but I was like, "So what? I could just pick this knife up and stab this person, and it wouldn't have any meaning." Like, that's fucked. I don't want to live life like that, but it, the, mm. but that kind of is what it is. It doesn't have meaning, and he's just like, "Yeah," but that that would have meaning, and I'm like, "Not unless I gave it meaning." And I was just wrestling with that like a little bit. I was just like, I don't understand this. And I disclaimer, I certainly wasn't considering stabbing anyone, but it was just the idea of like, I could do something outrageous, but it would only have the meaning that I would give it. And little did I know, I took that straight into this trip. And the, I, mm. I took the idea of like, nothing has meaning other than the meaning that we give it. And I was like, what does this mean? And it's like, it means what you want it to mean. And I was like, so it means nothing. Yeah, correct. And then I was like, but I want it to mean something. Okay, therefore it will mean something. But it doesn't mean anything. Okay, then it doesn't mean anything. And I was like, wait, hang on. And I just looped it. like It was just this mm. paradox that I couldn't like let go of. And I remember in the trip, the gods or consciousness or whatever you want to call it was like, no no no, just let this go and just watch. But I couldn't I didn't have the let go factor yet. <laughs> so I couldn't let it go and then I just saw this um, it's really interesting what it was, but I was just immersed in this vision of this it was like a robotic crab. Right? And the the claws of a crab of the cla- crab were drills. And it was drilling down into this hole and it was just drilling deeper and deeper and deeper into this hole. And as I was watching, I had this experience of like, shit, that is me right now. Just searching and drilling deeper for the sake of deeper. And then I looked at the crab and it was the, the fact that it was a robot was representative that it had lost all soul, all meaning, all purpose. And it was like, it was like i am a machine and i dig and that's all that i am and that's all that my purpose is and i explore and i dig deeper that's all it that's it deeper deeper and i remember being like oh this is not not going right and then it was like hang on nothing has meaning but i'm concerned like i don't want life to be meaningless so i was really existential with this i was like i don't want life to be meaningless like I want it to mean something and then um and then I just had this like vision that I couldn't get out of and I was like in this place that I couldn't get out of which was where I would see I was seeing myself as like this like archetype of like the psychotic and I was like laying on my bed pissing myself and shitting myself and not eating, being IV fed just to be kept alive. And I was like, doesn't matter. Nothing has meaning anyway. It doesn't have any meaning if I shit myself on the bed. It doesn't have any meaning if I just sit here. Why like really at the end of the day, none of this stuff has meaning. Like nothing has meaning, nothing has meaning, nothing has. And it just was beyond it was beyond emotional. It was way worse than an emotional experience because there was just this sense of nothingness, like absolutely. I, I remember I'm like, I want to f- more than anything, I want to feel something right now, but I wasn't able to feel anything through this trip, and I experienced like, okay, you think to, like you think feeling bad is bad. Try feeling nothing at all. And that was just so much worse. And I remember feeling like, wow, that sucks so much more. And
2: mm.
1: I I could go on and on and on. But the the important part about this is I experienced, I was in this space of just dread. And I was convinced that I'd then I started convincing myself I'd broken my mind. I'm like, oh, I can't get out of this paradox and i'm never going to get out of this paradox and i saw my future unfolding of me slowly destroying my life because i couldn't think about anything other than this paradox and then i'd be on an iv drip shitting and pissing myself with nothing in my life exactly
0: how you saw it
1: yeah exactly how i saw it yeah so i was like i can't get out of this paradox and i was like and i'd probably even bought into the societal like thing of like Mm, drugs are bad take take drugs and you'll break your brain like you you become psychotic and I was like fuck I've done it like I've I've ruined my life like I've ruined myself Mm. and I was like this isn't gonna heal and I was like I've been in this trip for hours and I still haven't figured this out and then it got so much worse because I looked at the time and it had been five minutes oh fuck and I'd been, I was like, so, I was like, I've been in this for hours and have not figured this out. And this trip's yeah. got to be almost done because I was convinced. I was like, this has been a five hour experience and it had been five minutes. And I remember just when I realized that I was like, I'm not going to make it until I'm sober. Like, I'm not going to make it out of this until I'm sober. Um and it is so funny how I got out of this.
2: <laughs> it's yeah, so fucking funny it, how what? I got out.
1: Yeah. So um, my partner's like, I really need to walk the dog now. Like, cause she was there and she was, she was trying to, to sort of help me through it. But A, she didn't have experience in it. And B, also, mm. I think it was just something I needed to go through anyway, myself. And she's like, I mm. really do need to walk the dog now. I will only be 20 minutes. And I was like, yeah, but 20 minutes in my time is like a lifetime. <laughs> like, <laughs> I just experienced five minutes. No, so she's like, Yeah, I'll go for a walk. And I'm like, okay, go go walk him. And that was the best thing that happened. Um, because she left and she went and walked the dog. And then I was like, hmm, I think I need to take a shit. So I went to the toilet mm. and I took a shit. And I remember I was just like, oh man. <laughs> a bit bit TMI, but like realness. It was like, oh, this feels nice. Like, this is a good shit. This Mm. It feels good. And I was like, it feels good. And I was like, wait. And then I started laughing. I'm like, oh, it feels good to laugh. I was like, wait, it feels good. And I was like, okay, so then do what makes you feel good. Yes, life is meaningless, but do what makes you feel good. And I was like, hang on a minute. Mm. What? Yeah. And then it just sort of started to click. And I was like, Hang on! I finished up, finished up my business, and I got out. (laughs) And I was like, I went over to a whiteboard that I had, and I was just writ. I was like, "Do what makes you feel good." And then I was like, "What?" And then I just pressed play on like an incredible track, like an incredible, Mm. and it wasn't a quote unquote psychedelic song. It was just a sick song. I I think it was like Coldplay or something, and it was just like it just went boom through my being and I started dancing to it and I was never a dancer and I'm like, holy fuck, this feels good. And I was like, what? And then all the downloads came and it was like, do what makes you feel good. And I started like, it was like, it doesn't, nothing matters other than what genuinely makes you feel good in this experience. And then I was like, Oh, but hang on a minute. Like that can't make sense because what if like killing someone makes me feel good? I don't want to do that. And it's like, yeah, but it wouldn't make you feel good. And I was like, huh? And I was like, okay, got it. And I'm like, but hang on. What about like eating shit food? What about like eating chocolate? Like, okay. So I'll just do nothing in my life. Like, so I just test these things until it like really makes sense. I'm like, well, what about if I just spent my entire life eating chocolate? Because in that moment, it feels good. It's like, yeah, let's drop this deeper. Let's really look at what makes you feel good. And it was like, mm. oh, okay. It really feels good to eat great food and to be connected to the energy of the great food. And then I started looking at my clients and I'm like, it does not feel good to be working with these clients. It feels good, but it does Ooh. not really feel good. And this is when um, I'll, I'll deviate, but I'll come straight back. At the time I had, I was not even like, I think I was like 19 and I had secured 250 grand a year of income through the business model that we had. And it was locked in, contracted. Yeah. It was reoccurring rev, reoccurring rev and I was like, epic this is so great and i was also as i was starting with the psychedelics i was coming out of that materialistic phase so we had like million dollar apartment in the city with a fresh mercedes benz out the showroom and like all the <laughs> fucking 300 shirts and just like really materialistic phase and yeah um and i started like thinking about this on this trip and i was like none of that feels good the car doesn't feel mm. good, the The apartment is okay, but the reason why we really have the apartment, which is to brag, uh, doesn't feel good, <laughs> right? Like, yeah. And all that sort of, that ego really started to fall apart there. And um, yeah, I, I, I was like, this does not feel good. And I was like, why does not working with these clients feel good? And it was like, because all these fucking clients care about all they care about is making money. Like that's it. Mm-hmm. They don't they're only with you because you're teaching them how to make more money. That's it. And they don't actually care about and there had been a lot of like little red flags that showed me they don't care about their clients. They don't care about getting results. Mm. They care about what they get from their clients, which is money. And then it was sort of like, Hey Tom, if you've attracted all those clients, well, there's your mirror as well. You're that to an extent too. Mm. And I was like, "Fuck, this doesn't doesn't feel good." And it's like, and and that 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 um, offering that we had like 250 grand tied up in, which was 99 of our income, and we'd built a lifestyle that pretty much relied on us making that much money, and more painfully, i built the quote unquote like success that people knew about. so it was like I felt felt like I had to uphold that like you know I'm a coach like and I've I've, I've done it and um, mm-hmm. I can't fail and um, where was I going with that? So yeah I, I'd had that and it was like okay that that offering was called the pride like pride of lions, right? That was called the pride. And then I had also ran a couple of programs called the transformer, which was a five day summit where we deep dived on the mindset side of things a lot more. And we really focused on teaching people how to create really high value offerings that were, my philosophy was like, we're creating offerings that are just stupid amounts of value that changes lives on the deepest level that no one can say no to because it's everything that they Mm. need and then so in my moment of of the trip realizing what feels good it was like this pride doesn't feel good this transformer feels good um but we weren't Mm. making any money off transformer and it was more so like an upsell into the pride And long story short, I got out of that trip and after learning a million and one lessons, um, that week I decided I'm shutting down the pride. Like I'm shutting it down. And on a switch of a dime, I destroyed everything that I had built intentionally.
2: Mm. And I
1: decided, I decided... uh, you can either live life with love in your heart and with integrity of following what you're actually on this fucking earth to do and focus on transformer because that's your path. You can either focus on that or you can keep lying to yourself by running something that's not actually deeply aligned to you. And I remember in that moment I said to my wife, I was like, um, I have to let you know that I would rather us be on the fucking streets homeless than for me to continue Mm. to do something that is not the deepest pursuit of my heart. So we're going from 250 grand a year in income to nothing. Sorry, but I have to, like, we got to do it. And I did. So I just cut it all. I just Mm. obliterated it all overnight. And we were left with, I think our minimum expenses was something ridiculous. Like, 1800 bucks a week, and mm. we were left with $300 a week coming in. And it was just like, fuck. Yeah, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> and that was like my biggest jump into realizing you have to, at any cost, do what's truly right to you and do what your soul's yearning for. And then within six months, um, I ended up deciding, okay, Transformer is not a fucking upsell system. It is going to be the answer and we are going to give absolutely everything in Transformer. There's not a single thing we're going to hold back. There's not a single system that they're not going to have access to. There's not a single tutorial that I will not film and add to the pre-learning of this. Like it's, We're just doing everything because this is what we need to do and this is what the planet needs from us. And Mm. I created that. And then within three months, we were earning double the revenue that we were earning from the pride anyway. So, and it was, and the revenue was, I can genuinely heart on my heart, like hand on my heart, say we didn't even focus on the rev. Like it was just like, Oh, we can eat. That's also a cool bonus. Like, yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Um, Uh, Yeah. What a, what a beautiful. Uh, just a a account of your most challenging plant Mm. medicine experience turning into one of the most profound Mm. experiences of your whole life. And I think that you've just done a fantastic job of articulating what I'm always trying to relate to people as well, which is just that like, just because the trip itself is challenging Mm. and uncomfortable and makes you feel like you're losing your mind or makes you cry Mm. or makes you Mm. feel these, uh, quote unquote, negative emotions. Mm. Um, doesn't mean that you're not going to learn so much from it
2: mm. and it
0: doesn't mean it's not going to have a massive impact on your pathway going forwards. Mm. And I love how you, you took that. I mean, I love that the message was basically honoring your full fuck. Yes.
2: Mm. Mm. And mm.
0: learning to embody that and and to now drive your life with that knowledge, like mm. sign me up for that trip. Like mm. if, if it's mm. uncomfortable, mm. it sucks in the moment still mm. sign me up for that. Like mm. I just, honor you oh. yeah yeah and, thank you mm-hmm. mm. and um yeah so i i hope more people turn to the medicines i mean i'm always enjoying guiding them to to mm. it but it's mm. usually everyone's individual choice and what feels good for them and yeah they're not for everybody but i i would wish them upon everybody
1: mm. there's there's and, two yeah. things that i feel like i have to make sure i said on 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 this episode um so dive into them really quickly, and then we can just sort of flow from there. But um, mm. the other thing I was gonna say was, yes, the most challenging ended up being the best. However, and maybe this is just maybe maybe you have a different perspective on this and you're very experienced in it, and I'd love to hear if so. However, I feel like that needs to go with like a layer of caution because. Sure because yes it was the worst trip but i put it back together so beautifully however i had a lot i had a lot of awareness grounding and an incredible environment and group of people that helped me put that back together as well like mm. there was a very by that point when i had that hellacious trip i I w- I've learned a lot since then and become a lot more wise since then. That was that was five, six, seven years ago or so. But um, even then, I still give credit to myself to go, hang on. I, I had a really great overarching understanding of how I worked as a human and a really mm-hmm. great sort of, like, I, I wasn't just sending it. You know what I mean? Like, there was sure. there was an and i I still like if that had to come up before um before like without a certain setting, like if that had happened without mm-hmm. like a set setting and deep respect for the experience as well, like i I still went into it deeply respecting the experience and I just think there are so many reasons there's so, there are so many opportunities how that could have gone really, really fucking bad. um and I sure. think. I think like even even it did end with this like explosive, beautiful experience. But then for the next week, there was still some significant things that I had to iron out. And I had mm. friends that I could call upon that were experienced in psychedelics as well that could help me integrate it. Um, and mm-hmm. this is, I guess, sort of like a, a tip of the hat to what you do, which is like, to at least my understanding, which is like the support model through these beautiful experiences. I just think that's crucial because I think there could have been, and and honestly, in hindsight too, if I was to do it again, I would have had someone more official guiding me through it. And I can't wait. I haven't actually had that. Like I haven't actually had Mm. yet an experience of, an experienced guide being there, guiding me through it. And that's something I totally – I probably won't even do psychedelics until my next journey. That's what it'll be. It'll be actually with someone like yourself, hopefully yourself, let's be honest. I <laughs> hopefully I can get to LA and make it happen. But like that I'm like I see so much deep respect for and there's part of me that's almost like, hey, Tom, you only just got away with doing that the way you did it at, in the space mm. that you were – yeah, yeah. So I just want, I don't know if you agree with that or whether yeah. you believe there's an element that you should just trust and do it or I don't know. Yeah.
0: I think you make a really great point about you had a foundation of doing a certain amount of self-development work mm. and you had a, already had a toolkit of things that you could turn to that you knew worked for you to help you Beautifully process said. that. Yeah. yeah And I think that's where plant medicines then become a, a tool to continue working with your toolkit. Mm. And so- you have this experience and then you have these other tools that aren't plant-based to turn mm. to, to help you process mm. in the moment, um, which yeah. I think worked for you being alone. And that's mm. sort of what I do then as a guide uh, with someone else who maybe doesn't have those tools, or even mm. if they do, helping them figure out which ones to draw upon. Mm. And um, and then the support afterwards is also incredibly crucial to, if you don't, again, have have those tools already in your toolkit to mm. be given those tools. And mm-hmm. so especially with like my upcoming community, I'm launching the the sacred integration tribe. It's a platform for people to come together with their experiences, to mm. um, have weekly integration live calls and to meet others who are going through the same things and to be equipped with those resources there to help them process that. Mm. So yeah, a big, big fan of set setting and support. Mm. And mm being mindful of, of where you're at in your journey. And maybe mm. you need less support in the actual ceremony and maybe mm. you need more because you've never done it and you haven't done a lot of self-development work.
1: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. So thanks for allowing me to say that. Cause it just feels like it needed to be said. And then the last thing that needs to be said too, is that, um, I then took, I took like another micro dose. I was like, Oh, you know what? Like I'll just, um, I'll just, I I I need to do a a decent meditation, so I'll just sort of like spark the meditation up a little bit with another microdose, and Mm. um, again, I had such a small dose and just got absolutely sent on a journey, almost at the level of the two and a half gram doses, and oh wow, yeah, and then I um, I saw, basic, yeah, I can explain this fast. So I saw like this this wise old man walking down a cave and at the end of the cave was a grim reaper. And that represented death. And it was like, you are walking the cave in life and eventually you will end up at the grim reaper and you will die. And I was like, yep, cool. Got Mm. it. And then I started seeing the the sage um, walking down the cave. He would start to fade into the walls of the cave And that represented leaving the physical realm and going into the spiritual realm, right? So he would like, he would leave the physical world, go into the spiritual realm, and then come back into the physical world. And he would come back into the physical world um, even wiser, right? So it was like, as we go into the spiritual, we gain some wisdom, we come back in the physical world and we're wiser. And then what Mm. we started, what I started to see was he would leave, and this is, This is a huge message that I was talking to you about earlier is I think that there's so many people who disrespectfully leave the physical world and don't come back to the physical world because this is my experience anyway. I started seeing the sage leave the physical world, go into the spiritual world and time was always still progressing as this was happening so he was each time you'd go into the physical uh spiritual world he was still like progressing through the cave of life and he ended up like dissolving into the spiritual world and then he came out last minute right before death and death was like okay back into the f- spiritual world you're dead and he was like wait hang on like that's it and he's like yeah yeah, yeah. now you go into the spiritual realm forever and he was like Ooh. but but like i didn't get to have the physical experience and i was like oh my lord and that just landed so hard for me that for this is just what works for me is for me it's like going into this spiritual realm to the degree that it helps you have a more beautiful physical experience as well So it's like, yes, tap into it. And yes, do the healing work within it. Do what you need to do in ways so that it allows you to have a beautiful physical experience. Because I believe, I definitely believe that we're spiritual beings having a physical experience. But like, this might be the only chance we get to have this physical experience. And like, this might be it. So like, we have to like, enjoy... That like we have to enjoy this physical realm so much as well and for me at the time I was just I was just bypassing the physical realm I was just spend I'd gone quote-unquote too deep into the rabbit hole of just inner exploration and I was missing the beauty of like going to an awesome cafe with my wife right like and Mm. missing the beauty of like building something in this physical realm that when I'm on my deathbed, and this is the whole, everything in my business I teach from this space, which is like when you are on your deathbed and you know that you have five breaths left, are you ready to die? If you continue living the life exactly the way that you're living it now and you continue on the exact same trajectory and you then get to your deathbed, how are you going to feel in that moment on your deathbed? Like, are you going to be ready to leave? And for me at the time, the answer was like, I would feel so unfulfilled and I'd feel like I really didn't get to get the most out of this physical experience. So now it's like, there's a huge legacy piece for me. It's like, what do I want to leave behind? Mm. What do I want to have done on this time on earth? And what do I want to have experienced? And in order to do all of that, I need the spiritual realm. I need the emotional work and I need all of those things. However, I can't just have those things. That's what yeah. resonates with me at this point in my journey, at least. And the other thing is, is like we could speak in a year, and I might have a different perspective. But that's what's really <laughs> been true to me for a long time now. Yeah,
0: oh, I I love all of it. Um, mm. and I yeah, you make a great point about having this physical experience. And I did a meditation the other day in my Buddhist course where we were. Um, sitting down and then you're holding a head in your lap Mm. and it turns out to be the head of you, your head Mm. on the the last week that you're alive. Mm. And so how would you hold you knowing that you had a week left? And how would you want to be held knowing you had a week left? Mm. And what comes up for you only having a week left?
2: And what nice. came up
0: for me was that like, oh shit, I haven't gotten my message out there enough. And I wanted mm. to like burst into cosmic yeah. stardust so that it could get absorbed into all the source code around me so everyone mm. could tap into it when I'm gone.
2: Mm. And
0: it sort of really instilled in me that I have this big message I'm working on sharing and essentially mm. to leave that legacy. So I, I completely resonate with that.
2: Mm. And mm.
0: the other thing you said about having this physical experience is like I have this this new partner that I am really excited about, and yeah, he's like the first conscious person I've ever dated, and like nice. or, I haven't had a boyfriend in like five or six years, so this is really exciting. And but we had some challenges in the last week navigating each other's attachment styles, and mm-hmm. I was I tend to be anxious attachment, and so as I get ripped out of secure and into anxious, I am going down this rabbit hole. And so I um, threw in some psychedelics to help me kind of process what was going on from a a different lens and a less attached um, emotion. And I ended up seeing us as just like these two people in this cave together, having this, this life that we're building and then taking my experience that I was having and like running off, running away from him out into the world with it and kind of like spinning around like a Tasmanian devil to like embody the lesson, to embody the reality and mm. like smother it all over me as I'm crying and sobbing and learning all about it. And then I get to kind of come back to him and have him be like, okay, did you get the the lesson? Did you learn that, that thing that you wanted to learn as we continue walking through mm, this reality?
2: Mm, <laughs> mm, 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 mm. And I was like, that's awesome yeah (laughs) Yeah,
0: so it's Uh, given me this new perspective now of like walking through life with someone and acknowledging mm. that like they have their little spiritual emotional things they need to go on and Mm. and then they'll come back and once they've learned it but how Mm. it all it's cool that you mentioned
1: relationships as well because they're so grounding i find like because they can be yeah like um I find that like all the intention, the thing with relationships is all the intention in the world can still fail drastically Mm. if the communication isn't, if you don't know how to communicate, like if, and and communication is a physical world thing. It is something that comes out of our body. Like, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, Mm. and I find that that's, um, if i if I'm sort of getting like an inkling that someone that I'm working with is finding it more challenging to navigate this physical world than they are the the spiritual and the emotional world because we get a lot of people that come to us like that they're like um very like very in the healing space very in the mm. um whether it's psychedelic and spiritual or whether it's even just deep emotional work and breath work and all of these beautiful modalities and they will come to us and they're like so deep in it, but they're like, I can't manifest anything physically. Like my business, mm. no matter, despite my intentions is still not happening. And another big sign for me is that their relationships are starting to crumble as well because
0: mm, interesting, it,
1: yeah, I, I see it so often. Hey, like the relationships are starting to crumble because it's almost like they've become so introverted and like not introverted, so internal and then it's like everything else just around them slowly sorts starts to sort of fade off, um, mm-hmm. despite really good intentions. Because I feel like with relationships, there's there's just a level of like confrontation of what is in front of your very physical eyes that sort of needs to happen as well.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's like that beautiful mirror. Yeah. Yeah. Like someone. (laughs) Yeah.
1: It's such a mirror. Hey. Oh, it's such a mirror. That's like one thing that I've just found. It's like no matter how much you are certain, you're like, this one ain't a mirror. Guess what? It's a mirror. (laughs) (laughs) I've just found that so often. No, this is definitely her. It's definitely you, Tom. <laughs>
0: yeah, I love that. Mm. Yeah. So it's been interesting to start navigating that from a place of like two people who've been on this healing journey. Mm. Like we've both been on our own separate journeys for about six years now mm. um, and coming together at this point where he's like, wow, yeah, it's weird to acknowledge that I told you I'm avoidant attachment. And mm. then, as he was sort of having some crumbling and unraveling going on in his life, that mm. he he was stepping away, and he was like, you know, I was like, oh, it'd be nice to feel desired, and I'll wait till he texts me to talk mm, to him. Mm, and like mm. two days went by, and I was like, what the fuck? Like my anxious <laughs> attachments, like running around the room, crying, sobbing, yeah. sure that I hate him, and. Um, and I was like, well, why don't I just reach out? And then when I reach out, he shows up very securely and whatnot, but yeah. still like, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm taking space and time. That's and, the uh, physical component was-
1: that I'm talking about. Like, that's exactly the thing of like, you had to do a physical thing, like reach out yeah. or whatever it is. And then it's like, okay,
0: cool. Got it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right, and and mm. even in that, I was like, "Well, okay, finally, like, I I'm like falling apart over here. I just need to speak my truth, and maybe in yeah. speaking my truth to you, it'll just help me drop back into my body. So, yep. if this is a deal breaker for you, fucking deal break. Yeah. Um, but I I spoke my truth about how I was like, I'm I'm deeply honoring your unraveling. Mm. and I'm here for it. And you've told me your avoidant attachment. So I'm trying to give you the space that makes you feel comfortable. Mm. Um, but at the same time, like my anxious attachment is unraveling me. Mm. And like, I don't really have the bandwidth to feel this way in my life right now. And I'm really struggling with that. And so like, we're just going to verbalize that to you. And And he received it like such mm. a gem. He was just like, Oh my God. He's like, thank you for he's like, what an interesting thing to date someone who understands Mm. what that means. And like my Mm. curriculum for the week was like really understanding what that meant so that Mm. I could support him through what he was going through. And, Mm. um, and he was just like, yeah, please call me out on my shit. You know, like if you Mm. find me doing that, like, I don't, I don't want to do that. And I'm also willing to acknowledge that, that's my attachment style and I want to show up more securely and I want mm. you to feel more securely. And like, so it, it turned into something really beautiful that like, mm. I like to call that kind of work curriculum. You know, it's like the yep. shit that comes up in our lives that becomes what you're learning that week, that month, maybe that year. Mm. And, um, it was a really beautiful curriculum.
1: Yeah. Just created by who knows <laughs> the curriculum. Right? I mean, isn't that funny? Like, it's like who's mm-hmm. picking these lessons? <laughs> it's like this is what I need. To, somewhere deep in my unconscious, I'm sure I am. But it's like okay, yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm.
0: And that's what I love about you know the clients that we work with is helping them to see the curriculum in their own life mm. and helping them to identify those challenges and what they can learn from them. Oh, That's a. Can,
1: mm, I'm not sure how much you've spoken on tools. that, but as you said that just then, I'm like that is that is an epic message like
2: mm.
1: guiding people to understand and n- under like identify and understand and navigate their current curriculum. That sounds so sick. That sounds yeah. so sick. It's like because how many people are like experiencing challenges, but they're like, what even is this? Like, why am I why is this happening? What is that happening? What is this happening? It's like because maybe you're in the season of that, 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 And then it just becomes so much clearer. I don't think yeah. a lot of people, they're not afraid to navigate challenges. It's more just like, I don't want to have, like, it's, it's more, do I need to under, like, do I need to navigate this? Like uh, this feels unnecessary mm. for me. That's a huge thing. If I'm having a challenge and it doesn't feel necessary and I don't understand, like, what's the point of this? It's mm. it's so much worse. But then, when you understand, like, hey, this is this is your period. This is your season of embracing this, or learning that, or deeply connecting with this, or whatever it is. And like for recently, for me, a huge piece has been um, like, it's my journey's really been owning, owning the results that we're actually here to get people like really owning the mm-hmm. results that we're actually here to get people. And I think there's a bit of like, um, there had been a bit of sort of like after sting of when I was really just focused on making people money for the sake of money. And then I'd sort of go on the other end of the spectrum, which is like, well, I can't help people make money at all now because that's bad. And it's like, <laughs> that was, that was sort of what it was in the past. But um. Yeah, Yeah. when I understood the season of what I'm actually, the curriculum, if to use your words, when I understand the curriculum, it's like, hey, no, Tom, this is, this is the period, the challenge that you're going through now is the journey of really owning yourself and owning sides of yourself that you've put into the shadow. It's like, okay, I can work with this. It's still challenging. Mm-hmm. There's still lots to move through, but having that understanding for people is so powerful. Yeah.
0: And what I love about understanding that too is it gives you a chance to sit in a different frequency while you go through it. So mm. instead of embodying the distress mm. and the pain and the suffering, you kind of get a chance to step back and and sh- send appreciation at it, maybe mm. send yes. some grace at yes. it, send yes. yourself some love mm. and, um, and lighten your mood around it. And it's like, well, I don't know how I'm paying bills this month, but I'm fucking here to learn from it. I'm yeah. here to see how deep it gets. I'm here to see... <laughs> yeah see how high I rise from this. I'm here mm. to see what can possibly happen and come into my life that I had no idea could possibly come in just by surrendering to the depth mm. of what's happening
2: mm. and
0: uh, makes it a real fun ride.
1: Mm. Mm. Have you got time for a question? I want I really want to ask you.
0: Yeah, sure. This is yeah. my longest episode so far and I'm fucking loving it. <laughs> oh,
1: that's sick. Yeah. So am I. Um, yeah. So like just something and it ties into to what I was talking about earlier, like I don't, I don't really know you that well just yet, right? Um, keen mm. to get to know you more. Um, however, from what I can observe so far, you've done a really, really incredible realm. Uh what? Sorry, a really, really incredible job of fully embracing the spiritual and the emotional and the the healing realm like you've it appears Mm. like you have embraced that without any hesitation whatsoever yet you're you are simultaneously clearly showing up in the physical really well too and Mm. and it it appears like you're yeah it doesn't it doesn't really appear like there's any bypassing happening or any like um floating about like you're not floating about like you're (laughs) You're flowing through it, but you're also doing shit. Like you're also getting it done. You're also like you're also having an impact. You're doing these podcasts. You're and I I don't know whether you see this too or whether it's just the current space that I I can see right now. There's so many people that are deep in this healing space and doing fuck all with themselves. And finding like figuring out how to embrace all of that and not just float off and neglect actually pursuing their vision i find that people find that really challenging and i reckon you've probably got some wisdom to share around how you've managed to not do that
0: well thank you so much for that glorious compliment um Mm, you're welcome i i think for me it stems from um having been a pro athlete
1: as well nice that makes sense Uh, i
0: was a I was a pro wakeboarder and, Mm. um, that, that mental training of like when you fall down or you don't get something that you want, you have to get right back up again. And I was really, yeah. Yeah. I was really notorious for taking like the worst crash you've ever seen and getting right back up and Mm. barely holding onto the handle and being like, I just have to give it one more go so that I don't Mm. remember that as my Mm. last crash and I would get up and try to give something a hundred so that it didn't hurt as bad as the one that I gave 95% to Mm. and crashed. And so I think, um, athletics are a really powerful tool in in driving forwards. Um, I couldn't
1: agree with you more on that. And that just confirms to me what I, what I was already really quite sure on, which is what it is for me is martial arts for the exact Mm. same reason, for the exact same reason. It's like, there's just this, this physical humbling of like teaching you to have some grit, yeah, yeah, and to get back which on which is why I have so achieving. much. Yeah, go yeah.
0: I yeah. have so much respect for what your your first mentor said when he was like, "You gotta mm. chew it all and swallow yeah. the fuck." Like, yeah, yeah. When I lived in Australia, there was a, a saying we'd use, which was "swallow some cement and harden the fuck up." Yeah,
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Have a Yeah. What do you What do you need right now? A tablespoon of cement. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> and I and I kind of you know I'm also an Aries, so I'm a fire sign, and I very I have so much fire in my chart that's um, mm. I should come with a warning label, hmm. and. I just sometimes I'm so driven by that idea too of um, you can override mm. and you can force yourself to pick up the pieces and like mm. I, I feel like so much of my life I wasn't given a lot of outs for not doing the work and I, I found some in high school at the end of high school I found some at the end of college but for the most part I, I wasn't allowed to not go to school I wasn't allowed to not get good grades I wasn't allowed to not do clubs and mm. i I was just driven to excel in them. And so once you hit positions of like being, you know, editor in chief of the yearbook or something, like you don't really get to opt out. Mm. And eventually I created the Collegiate Wakeboard Association that governed college wakeboarding for the United States. And it's like, you don't get to not do that. You know, yeah. you don't get to not show up on the contest day and not mm. run the event just because you're tired or you don't yeah. feel in your body or yes. you don't feel safe in your body. Yes,
1: yes. Thank you. Yeah, and, that's uh, so, that's, yeah. there's so much in that, isn't there? I feel like in the space mm-hmm. at the moment, there's, because um, one thing my wife's experienced is she's just really come out of that floaty space at the moment of like, you know, like I really feel I need to sleep in again after having 12 hours sleep or whatever. And it's like, mm. really? And and uh you know, I'm not gonna do this today because I don't feel into it. And and it's like, mm, okay. And I was always like, you live your life, but she's now like <laughs> she's now absolutely thriving. And she's probably thriving more than I've ever known her to be thriving. And she's mm. been and it's because she's been able to listen to her body but also have the grit of like, I don't I don't want to go to MMA tonight. Like I don't want to go to jiu-jitsu tonight, but I know I need to go to jiu-jitsu tonight. So we're getting in the fucking car and we're going. And then after yeah. it, how do you feel? Oh, I feel amazing. I'm so glad that I went. And yeah. I think that it's for, for her and for a lot of other people and for me in the past, for sure, it, it can get so easy to go like, hmm. I don't feel it today. And it's like
2: mhm
1: there maybe like maybe you are genuinely tuning into your body and you genuinely shouldn't go and it's been really cool for her to experience that this week. This week mm. she's been able to go I'm really feeling like I shouldn't go tonight, but this feels different and this feels like I shouldn't go tonight. And I'm like okay then don't. Mm. And then she didn't go and she's like I'm glad I didn't go. And it's like, boom, you've now nice. got your formula. You now know the difference between when you need to take a, take a teaspoon of cement and harden the fuck up and get in the car and go right. You know, yep. the difference now between that and no, you genuinely should rest tonight. And mm-hmm. I think again, yeah. Athletics forces you to learn the difference between the two. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And and then I also had this stint as a television producer, where, oh, yeah. you, you know, you didn't get days off and you didn't get sick days. And Mm. so like you would show up to work sick, you'd show up to work hungover, you'd show up all the different ways and Mm. have to work like a hard 10 hour day. Uh And I would usually show up and do the work of two to three people um, just because there was I always seemed to be on small productions that just didn't have enough help. So it was like, well, this is what has to be done today. Mm. And I'm one person. And so I'll just do three people's work. And I'm just now actually... Sadly, as a healer, learning to tap more into my own flow and give myself more grace of um, Mm. maybe I need to sleep in today, you know, Mm. and Mm. maybe I need to go to bed early and maybe Mm. I need to not honor the commitment that I made where I said I was going to meet some friends for dinner and Mm. and that that's okay. Mm. And Mm. finding more of that flow within my own life, but um, feeling really grateful for the ability also to go. I'm not feeling it today, but I've got three clients, and I'm gonna swallow some cement. I'm gonna yep. harden the fuck up, yep. and I'm gonna show up.
2: Mm.
1: I I'd think mm. it like I think it's the whole contrast thing too. Like you only know that it's daytime because you know that it's not nighttime or whatever it is, mm. and it's like you only know now you can like I, I'm a huge believer. You can only know when it's time to rest your body when you have proven to yourself that, you know, when it's time to take the cement and harden up you,
2: mm-hmm.
1: because now you, you're like, you know, you're like, nah, I know when it's time to harden up because I've proven it to myself through years of working for the producing company and being an athlete and this, that, and that I've proven that. So now when I'm, yeah. when I'm tuning in and going, I need to rest, I can actually now trust that. Whereas yeah. I think like and it's the same with me with my like 2 30 starts, 2 30 in the morning starts to nine, like I know how to mm. grind. <laughs> I know how to grind. And so now when I go, hey, it's time to not grind today, I can rest in so much peace in knowing, yeah. Tom, you're not you're not being a little bitch. Like, because you don't you're not a little bitch. You've proven that you're not, right? Like right. You, you've proven that you know how to work. So if that's the case, then like today, for example, after this podcast, I've got to call that um, at, in like a few hours, but I've already decided last night, I'm not really going to work much today because I've had an enormous mm. week of just so much work and I, I'm tired. Like I, I genuinely actually need some recovery today and I can trust that because I know how to work. Yeah. Mm. And vice versa. I love that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I love that. It kind of it's sort of, i um, rising a little bit from my own downward turn into some ashes at the moment. My phoenix is starting yeah, to yeah. flutter its little feathers and start to emerge. And I'm looking at the next couple of weeks going, oh, fuck, that's a lot of work. Mm-hmm. And um, I just secured some money that I needed to be able to tone down my massage clients and be able to really deep dive into the work it's going to take to launch nice. this integration tribe and um like last night was valentine's day and so as i go to show up to my partner i'm like also drove through an hour and a half of gnarly (laughs) la traffic to get there and was just like i'm really feeling tapped out right now but i'm tapping Mm. into the reserves and overriding Mm. and you know he was like does that is that effective for you i was like yeah and (laughs) but i was also like i think knowing you know that i was gonna come see him it's like Mm. i kept some in the reserves i could Mm. prepare for that Mm. and so whether you're feeling it or not if you look at your day ahead you can you can segment out the energy that you're gonna need and the the time Mm. and space that you're gonna need it Mm. that's an um, awesome that's an
1: awesome point of like the reserve i remember calling on a mate that i knew had had a really busy week and i really, really felt like I would really appreciate a call right now because I'd had a really challenging one. Mm. And I knew he'd had a really busy week. And he said the most powerful thing. I'm like, hey, bro, like I know you've had a huge week. Um, I'm wondering whether you have the capacity for just a a bit of a chat. And he said it so simply, but I was like, wow. He's like, no, all good. I always make sure there's some reserve for those I I love. And Mm. I was like, oh, that is Such an epic tool to carry. And I've been always, I've always done that since. It's like I always keep a bit in reserve because I would like to do that. Like I don't want to, I don't want to be absolutely on the bottom. And then now I don't get to do something that's really important for me, which is be able to hold space for not just my clients. I always make sure I keep some space for those that I love as well. Yeah. Mm
2: hmm.
0: Yeah. And and it was great. It like yielded the most amazing evening to be able to relax, let go of the things that had stressed me that day. And in truth mm. be told, I had a lot of great news come through yesterday. I had a beautiful client. I had a, just a wonderful podcast interview with someone who will come out after yours. And um, I was just like, you know, it's actually a really great day. And mm. just tap into that. And then because of those energy reserves, then when I spent time with him, I was able to- get more present and and that energy reserve started to replenish itself yep just from being with him and yep. that was um yeah just a really beautiful turn of events so mm.
2: Mm. nice
0: <sighs> well tom we have gone on amazingly long mm. but this has been such a joy and i would yeah. love to have you back continue yeah. these conversations oh yeah
1: this was i hope this was as fun for you as it was for me this was great yeah
0: oh Fuck yes. Yeah. And so where can my clients keep up with you? How can they follow mm. you on social? Where's the best place to find you?
1: Yeah. Um, when's this going to be released? Hmm. Monday. <laughs> we're literally... Monday. 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 Yeah, yeah. Sweet. So I will say it then. Uh, so to give context to that, we're actually... We are actually... Re- uh, we will have now, and now that you're listening to it, it'll now be Impact Nation will now be the business name. Um, from the Tom Clark Impact, I'm like, nah, we're expanding this to be way more about not just me. So impactnation.life at Instagram would be, that's the spot. Instagram more than anything. Um, Also add me on Facebook if you want to. I love connecting on Facebook and produce a bit of content over there. Um, And then we've got our podcast, which is Vital Leadership. Um, And we're back to doing an episode Every single day. Very different to this in cool. the sense that it's an episode every day, but it's just a short, sharp, 10 to 20 minute nugget. Um, yeah. And it's sort of just designed to like, just listen to this when you do your morning walk or something, 10 to 20 minutes, mm-hmm. download some wisdom, and then keep getting after your day. So vital leadership and impact life.
0: Yeah. Perfect. Well, I'll have those all linked up in the show notes and mm-hmm. Thank you so much for joining me today. This has been an absolute pleasure.
1: Yeah, likewise. Thanks for having me on. It was awesome.
0: Yeah. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and review this podcast wherever you're listening. I'm so grateful to have you on this journey with me. Until next time.